prefer. It's our great joy today. Have Peter and Corin. I'm going to invite them up. Peter and Corin Rasmussen's have been friend with us for many, many years. Uh, at least, at least 30 years. We've been uh, ministering around the world together. Every now and again, we bump into each other somewhere in a conference, and uh, we're both ministering. But we started our we, uh, we were co-leaders of a national youth leaders movement in South Africa a uh, long, long time ago, back when the Earth's crust was still cooling. <laughs> and um, so, <laughs> um, but uh, this is a couple that we uh, have watched their life. This is not the last two minutes. I've watched them for 30 years. I've watched them build churches. I've watched them look after people. I've watched them raise leaders. I've watched them plant many, many churches around the world. I've watched them be an encouragement. I've watched them launch uh, people into ministry, and I respect them. And I deeply appreciate the apostolic call on their life, and they, they travel most of the time now, going most of the time to churches that they've planted to just encourage and strengthen them. So this is Peter and Corin. Won't you welcome them with a good north as well? Thank you. Oh, I'm going to say something. I've always got something to say. It's just such a joy to be here. It's one of our favorite places, I must admit. We try every year to get out here, and it's such a joy. I'm just so excited at what God's doing with you guys. Every time we come, we just have such an expectancy. And this time, we're just bubbling. Pete and I keep saying, hmm. there is, man, something's happening here. And it's really exciting. Earlier this year, God gave me um, a word because I was feeling a bit challenged in an area. And he said that the shadows, you, you're chasing the shadows and they're, intimi they're intimidating to you. I've got young grandchildren. I've got four of them. And my little four-year-old and three-year-old, they absolutely love shadows. They love feeling much bigger than they are. And so when the shadow falls in a certain way, they walk in a certain way because they feel like giants. But I also know how scary shadows are. And I felt this morning that a lot of you are being intimidated by the shadows that you're seeing, maybe around your children, around education, around your income. And I felt that God, God say that it's awe and wonder. It's when we focus on Him, when light comes to our lives, shadows disappear. And they're just shadows that are intimidating you. And as you focus on God, you focus on His awe and His wonder, you fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll see the victory won. This is a year for awe and wonder. Yeah. And you're gonna see it in your own life, like Greg said, that incredible word, deliverance will come from a place that you've least expected. But Wonderful. anyway, I wasn't even meant Wonderful. to be up here. Thank you, love. You can <laughs> give it to Greg. Thank you. It's such a delight to be here again with you. And um, I, this, this, is, this must be one of the best churches in the world. I say one, because I don't want you to get proud, right? We, you, and, and, um, and, and you're an incredibly best people. I think we, we're in a lot of local churches and you have a wonderful sense of the Spirit of God and His move and His life. But at the same time, you've got an administration of that work that makes us feel like it's not unsafe. You know, when, when stuff's going on, it feels like, ooh, what's gonna happen? We feel a bit unsafe, that's not this house. And, and I, I honor and respect your leadership for that. 
there's an incredible sense that we are saying, God, do whatever you wanna do and move with us and do things with us and shock us and awe us and do everything you wanna do. But there's a, an administration of the Holy Spirit, there's an administration of leadership here that produces a safe house. The second thing I wanted to say is that you are, you're not alone. I, I know that you know this, but even this morning, I got a whole bunch of, of, of messages in on my phone just say, you know, praying for you, praying for Northlands, praying for the church from all around the city, and in fact, all around the world, from Denmark, from England, from all around the city that we're in, in South Africa, just people saying, we are praying for you. We're trusting God for God's work to, to expand and to grow in this place. So you're not alone. Uh, before I... I, I I kind of share the word that God's put in my heart for you. I, I just, I had this picture from the Lord for you that there was a seismic shift coming. And, and the word that we, we know so well is this season change word. And I'm not here to tell you that there is another season change. Kind of it's, it's um, you know, we've heard that so much. But I felt like the Lord is saying, this is, this is more. This is more than a season change. I'm, I'm actually moving the ground. I'm, I'm shifting things in front of you so that when you walk forward, you're walking on, on virgin ground, on new ground that wasn't there before. I'm moving some things in the spirit so that when you walk out on the ground that you're in, something fresh and brand new is in front of you. And God is asking for faith in your hearts to step into this journey as a community. New ground, brand new ministry opportunities. And I feel even this sense that has already come into this meeting of, of people coming to Christ, of, of finding faith in Jesus. There are brand new relationships, brand new opportunities that God will open up for you. And, and, and I want you to open your eyes and begin to see, begin to step, because the step that you take across that line, that shift that God is using, is, is brand new. There's new ground, virgin territory, new relationships, new ministry opportunities. And maybe you felt a bit stuck. Hey, God's unsticking you. He's moving the ground for you so that the next step you take is into a brand, into a brand new space. Um, my message today to this local church, and I preached here quite a bit, and I think my encouragement, I keep talking about not being prophetic, and I, I, and I understand that, um, and my encouragement to you has mostly been prophetic encouragement, the sense of what the Lord is saying, and I've been doing that for a number of years now. Well, I don't come as a prophet today. I come as an apostle. I don't think I've ever said that publicly from the pulpit, by the way, um, because, you know, we don't wanna make... We're not making much of titles here. We're making much of Jesus. And, and, and that's our commitment. Uh, but there is an apostolic edge to what it is I need to share with you today. And I need you to commit with me to smile. I, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm generally not that heavy and, and I, I, I love grace. So I'm not gonna be hard on you, but, but I do need us to receive something. I need us to get something because God has got something in mind for you. He's got a DNA, a model, a thing in you that he wants to infect the world with. He wants to get it out. And part of this journey is that we are reminded again. And every time I speak here, I feel like, Lord, you, you can't be telling me to say this again. Remind these people again. But it's, it's because that's exactly what he wants to do. 
He would say, hang on, I want to remind you what your DNA is because this DNA that is spreading out into the world is critical for the work that I'm doing out of you. I, I, besides the new ministry opportunities that are coming to you, I really felt that the, that the influence of this church has been far and wide, and I emphasize the word far, but it's coming closer, a lot closer. It's coming here. There's stuff, there's an influence that you've had out beyond into the world, into Uganda, into places and, you know, stuff all around the world. And, and God's saying, I'm, I'm bringing a lot of that influence a lot closer. A lot of people will come and inquire and connect and be part of what it is I'm doing. And it's going to be not, not only in the city, but, but, but also in the city. There's an influence coming out of you that will also bring a new word to the city. So... I want to talk about, about uh, table manners. <laughs> so, well, that's a bit of a strange title, and it is a strange title, uh, because when children are growing up, we make a big deal out of teaching them manners, right? I, I remember my mom. Um, now, if any of you, one of you, Greg and Michelle, they know my mom in Denmark, and, and she is a, <laughs> she's a force of nature. So, <laughs> my mom... You know, when we grew up, we were, we were very clear. So, you know, if you, if you pick up a fork like this, I mean, you are in trouble yeah. before you start. You, you put the fork properly into your hand, and if you didn't, you got a little smack on the back of the head. Hey, <laughs> hold the fork right. You know, this is important, because as you grow up, of course, the things you do as a little kid growing up is the things that you end up living in. It's the culture that you end up displaying later on in your life, and she wanted us to grow up well. You know, the other thing is we, we used to have these conversations at the breakfast table every morning. And, and, and because we got very animated, you know, we'd pick up our stuff. <laughs> it got a bit dangerous, you know. We were never allowed to talk with any implements in our hands. Oh, oh sorry. You know, put the stuff down. We, we, you're only allowed, we were only allowed to put our, our arms up on the table. We, you know, we couldn't put our elbows on it. Oh, jeez, elbows. It's like a no-no. So all the, the manners that we grew up with that my mom literally slapped into us, not, not in a bad way, but she did. Um, and there are unique things in every family, isn't there? There are unique things in this house. There's unique DNA, unique tastes of the Holy Spirit. A unique lampstand sense of what God has given you as a church. Now, some of those things are strange in different parts of the world. I don't know whether you know this, but in Mongolia, if you put anything on the ground, it's worthless. So a mate of mine was preaching, and he finished talking and read the scripture. He put the Bible down on the ground. They stopped listening. Because he said, well, you, you can't put the Bible on the ground. It's worthless. We won't listen to you. Um, in Spain, if you throw your napkin on the floor, um, that's where you put it when you leave a restaurant. And uh, you pick a good restaurant on how many napkins on the floor. Uh, because that's kind of, oh, well, this is, people are eating here. This is a good place to be. In Philippines, it's considered rude to point. So you don't point. You point with your lips over there. Over there. You, you, don't, you don't point. It's rude. Italians uh, uses a missed call to say, I'm on my way and I'm thinking of you. They don't expect you to pick it up. They just send you a kind of, a, they call you, but ring off 
before you picked up the call. That's an Italian way of communicating. In Egypt, if you salt your food, you offend your host. Uh, you never put salt on food. It's not allowed in Egypt. In Venezuela, it's considered rude to show up early or on time for any dinner arrangement. <laughs> it's rude. You're on time? What's the matter with you? In Africa, people walking right next to each other will talk in raised voices to one another, not to give off the impression that they are hiding anything. They'll talk loudly. If you write a person's name in red ink in Korea, the person is considered to be dead. In Finland, it's considered practice after every dinner to go and sauna with the hosts that you're with. You go out and have a sauna together. Now, I've been there, done that. So I'm with this young couple uh, who are planning a church in Lapanranta out on the kind of the border of Russia. And they say, let's have a sauna after dinner. And I'm going, I know how this works. It's without clothes on. And I'm saying, no, I'm not sitting with some church planter's wife in a sauna and then going out and rolling in the snow and, and then we're gonna plant a church together. That's just not happening. But these are all practices, things that go on all around the world. Isn't it true that when you walk into a house, into a place, you get a feel for a place? When you first walked into this church, didn't you get a feel for what was going on here? Kind of got a sense, hmm, this is good, or I'm feeling stuff here in this house. If there's abuse going on in a home and you walk in through the front door, if you've not felt like, I mean, nobody's telling you anything about abuse, but you can feel it like a weight in the room. There's stuff going on here. The mom and dad are fighting, but they're all nice to you, but it's like you can cut the atmosphere with a knife. There's no peace within the walls of the house. What are the things, Northlands, what are the things we want our children to live in? What are the things we want this nation to walk in? What is the seismic shift of heaven saying, walk out with this DNA, represent this DNA to the world? And I'm here to remind you of what that is, because that's all the way over on the other side of the globe, God begins to speak to me while I'm sitting in a coffee shop, drinking coffee, about the DNA of this church. And I come in and the first thing that the team begins to talk about is this DNA, these values, this stuff that God is bringing out of you. It's amazing that we serve the same God speaking the same language. Doesn't matter where we are. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest you depart, they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. There's something we want to live. There's some stuff we want alive in our midst. In this apostolic family, 1 Timothy 3.15 says, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of truth. There is a way. And, and, and when we 
go on the prowl for something. I'm going to hurt somebody. A little tap on the back of the head is probably appropriate. Saying, whoa, we don't do that here. We don't talk with the implement in our hand. We don't hurt people here. There's a way. There's a style. There's a way of this family. There's a way we pick up the fork. So what is it that we don't do? What is it sometimes that leaders and elders and people need to give us a little bit of a tap over the head about? It says, no, don't do that. That's not our DNA. And I think I've been around you enough to know what some of those things are. The first I would bring to your attention is don't live self-centered lives. We don't do that here. It's not all about us. We, we recognize that, yes, sometimes God needs to focus on us and help us and heal us and restore us, but it is about Him. It is about the glory of Jesus. It is about His plan, His purpose, His majesty, not primarily about us. It's about Jesus, as we know. Romans eleven thirty six says, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. If you, if you want a little bit of a tap on the back of the head, when you're at the table, just make it all about you. Mm. Didn't like that. That wasn't my kind of meal. You know, could they not? You know, why, why does Greg ask him to preach? I never like him preaching. Oh, hey. Hey, it's not our DNA. It's not who we are. It's not, the, it's not the way we do life together. Because it's not about me and what I like. It's about the kingdom of God, his purposes, his plans. This is the DNA of this house. I'm reminding you. Let's keep smiling. We don't get religious here in this house. Somehow placing ourselves above others as if we got something and, and, and they haven't got it. We don't, we're not a religious people. Someone once said, inauthenticity among the ranks of those claiming to be Christians can become an almost insurmountable barrier to belief. We're an authentic people. We, we, we don't have to do weird things. I remember I go into one church. So they're about to start the meeting and a strange thing happens. They close all the doors and windows. A guy runs around, a whole bunch of deacons shutting all the doors. Then they shut the window and then they all stand up together and they're gonna pray. I'm thinking, are they trying to keep something in or something out? Well, you know what's going on? You know, it's like that proverbial, this is kind of what they've been taught, I suppose. And, 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 and now we're doing the thing and we're trying to keep the devil out. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. But some strange things people do. We're an authentic people. You are an authentic people. God may use you at times. Jesus did some strange things to the culture. He may talk to you, but I think we're the kind of people that says, okay, this is what the Lord's told me to do. I'm gonna spit in your eye. No, no, hang on. We're not going to, I need to explain that. I need, to, I need to talk to you about that. By the way, that only happened once and it happened by Jesus. So I don't suggest you ever do that. <laughs> but we listen to the Holy Spirit here and we're authentic and real. 
That's what this community is. Not plasticky, not surfacy. Real people. We don't want to play games. We, I remember one, one strange old man that got into Africa and he, he was one of these missionaries and, and, and when we began to pray, he would rub his hands. I'm thinking, I mean, wildly so, for minutes at a time. Rub, 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 rub. I'm thinking, okay, uh, it's, you know, it's all the time, all the time. Rub, 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 rub. Uh, that's just weird. And, and so you know, so so we're we're a, we're a, a tongue-talking Holy Spirit community, right? You may not speak in tongues, but you can. And 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 I remember one guy just getting one word, you know. I think okay, there are more than one word. There's a language you can say more than that, and there's a revelation of more than that. That's the kind of community we are. We help one another stay authentic and real. That's the DNA of this house. That's what will multiply, not strangeness and weirdness and religious jargon and nonsense. Glory, hallelujah, amen, and whatever else we can come up with. And I love all those words. But that's not Northlands. Um, let's mine real life. This is a church that mines real life. We go after real life together. Be loyal to what brings life, not religious nonsense. The third thing we don't do, and you're gonna get a tap on the back of your head, say, hey, hey, we don't do that here. We don't hide stuff. We don't hide our things. I know the preachers that preach from this pulpit, they don't hide their stuff. Sometimes they'll stand up here and say, say, hey, I struggle with this. I, I'm not praying enough about this. I'm not doing enough of that. And you may think, oh, that's way too honest. No, because we're the kind of community that don't hide our stuff because we know that that's a bridge to help people. The very thing that God has helped me with, I can help someone else with. So we don't hide our stuff. We live open-hearted lives with one another. 1 John 1 verse 6 says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I would say to you, the kind of DNA that we have, we speak up early. You know, some people call you in the middle of the night and say, oh, my marriage is falling apart. Come now. And only to realize that when you arrived there, they yanked the motor, they took the wheels off years ago. And there is a little scrap of a car sitting, that's called their marriage. And say, so, fix it, pastor, fix it. What did you talk us before you took the motor out? Why don't you just speak up a little earlier? Why don't you, because that's the kind of community we are. We own up to the struggles and our faults and receive healing and life from the Holy Spirit together. That's the kind of church this is. That's how we hold the knife and how we hold the fork in this church. We don't hide stuff. We be honest about our stuff and our walk with God. Um, the fourth thing and last is that we don't, we don't carry offense. I'm, I'm so amazed that 
a preacher. I'm, I'm, I've been here many times and, and to many of you, I'm probably quite new because I think I can see a whole bunch of new faces, which is so exciting. And, and, and I come from another nation. I'm Danish by birth. My parents were missionaries to Zambia and then on into South Africa. And so I've got this multiple hodgepodge of personalities and nationalities. So I'm bound to offend someone sometime, say something that's a little off. And, and that may even happen today. But you know, we're not a church that carries offense. We just don't hold it long. You know, I, I, why did Greg, you know, when he preached, you know, a couple of Sundays ago, when he said, you know, he preached like it was just to me. Isn't it funny how people think when the Holy Spirit speaks to them, they think he's talking just to me? And he, and he was. <laughs> and, 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 and we get offended. We get thing and we don't do enough of this. And we take political positions either side of the spectrum or we do stuff. Friends, this, this is not that house. We're committed to the kingdom of God. We're committed together. We don't hold offense with one another. We let our stuff go quickly. Because this DNA that we have, this way of doing our stuff matters to the world. God is bringing you out. He's making you airborne. Pete, stop holding the fork while you talk. I hear my mom's words. What do we do? We live in the grace of God in this house. We live in the grace of God. I did not save myself. I cannot save myself. I live completely and utterly dependent upon the finished work of the cross. That's the kind of church we are. That's what we speak. It's what we share. And I am totally amazed everywhere I go how few people really understand that. You do. You're a house of God's grace. It is the genius of God. It is the, the, the little... The little adjustment in your DNAs over the years as God begins to unpack His grace into your life, that you become a kind and gracious people. Uh, some, some grace people are unkind. I don't understand how that works. I'm thinking, hey, so the kind God was exceptionally kind to you. Now you want to be unkind to others. I'm, I'm thinking that doesn't make any sense to me. No, the kindness of God has touched you. So therefore, the way we deal with one another is in the kindness of God. It's how we do life in this church. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's probably one of the greatest scriptures ever in the Bible. He made Jesus sin for us. All my stuff, he places in my past, my present, and all my future struggles, he puts on Christ and treats him as if he's done all my stuff. And he then looks around and looks at me and says, I'm treating you like my son. Whoa. That's not fair. No. It's the kindness of God. This is the message that we carry. This is the DNA. This is why we talk to lost people. 
Because there is, that's why the Bible says this is good news. Not, oh, stop smoking, stop this, stop that, and all the stuff I'll lose when I come to Jesus. No, this is the kindness of God that takes all my stuff, puts it on Him, makes all rapes, all murders, all battles, everything ever committed, everything ever done, everything ever to be done, lands on the sun to make me walk completely free. I can't be no better news. There is nothing better. Bonner says that the scriptures are brimful of hustlers, murderers, cowards, adulterers, and mercenaries. Used to shock me. Now it's a source of great comfort. Because God is kind. He redeems us. He changes us. The second thing we do well here, the way we hold our implements together is that we lead ourselves well here. We do our own stuff well. One of the first principles, I suppose, of, of, of being a believer, because it was right at the beginning, it says, and they devoted themselves, Acts 2.42. They gave themselves to something. No, no leadership team or elder cracked the whip over your head. Come on now. No, they devoted themselves. Our greatest gift to a local church. Please, you know, give more. Please do more. You know, no, we don't need that here. Why don't we need that in Northlands? Why does it just, why does God, why does God just do this here? Why? Because we understand here. We, talk about us. We understand that our commitment to Jesus is a commitment to his bride, to his people. We give ourselves to this. Nobody has to, oh, you gotta serve and you gotta do this. No, that's part of our life with Jesus. We give ourselves to it. Um, isn't it funny how some people view church as, as what I call, a, you know, with a, a, a bit of a, a, a bib and an eating mentality. So they come to church every Sunday and they sit in their row and say, pastor, feed me. The bib is on, and go. And they get, you know, fatter and bigger and, and just feed me, feed me. Ah, this church doesn't feed me enough. You'll never say that about this church. So we're gonna go to somewhere else. Oh, I'm gonna come to Northlands because they feed me. The mentality is wrong. You stick a bib on, you want someone to feed you. The scriptures is, is brimful of the idea that the Spirit of God will give life to you. You're gonna get your rest, you're, you're gonna get your resources from him. That's the kind of church we are. We get, we get great teaching here. God ministers to you through this pulpit and through many other means. But we don't put a bib on here and sit and say, oh, pfft, give it to me, pastor. It's not the way we do church. We feed ourselves, we go spend time with God, we connect, we, we find a resonance, our, our resource from Him. It's the kind of church we are. We stay flexible and open to the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of church we are. Everett Dixon once said, I'm a man of unbending principles, the first of which is to be flexible at all times. Be flexible at all times. 
In other words, we, we can't get stuck. The DNA of this house is not a stuck DNA. I love that about you. Because there's movement. There's churches to be planted. There's stuff to go. There are people going you know, to London and do stuff. There's people going up to Ithaca. Some of your team and stuff's going on and things are happening and God's on the move. You are moving. Don't you love that? Do you want to be a people on the move where stuff happens? That's the kind of church you are. I'm reminding you, it's how we hold the implements here in this house. It's the kind of people we are. We are flexible. I, I, I've joked often with, with older people in, in any local church I'm in, and I say, well, there ought to be a young person alive on the inside. So, so I just turned 60. And I'm a grandparent of four grandkids. But man, I don't know what's going on with me. But I feel young. I just do. I, 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 you, know, you know, I'm in some churches, and, I, and I'm in a lot of African poorer churches. Whew, they're loud. Whew. They're loud. I like loud. I lost most of my hearing because of it, but I like loud. And I like a bit of, you know, yeah, hey, I like a bit of dancing. I mean, I'm no good at it. I'm no good at it. I can hop around a little bit. But, but, but man, don't, don't get crusty and old. We don't do that here. Grumpy. With these young people, I'll take you over. Come on. Thank God for them. Thank God for a new generation of people that are coming through and we can rejoice and mentor and disciple and be part of this incredible adventure together. Family. It's how we do it. And if, if you, we, 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 we don't want to do it another way. This house, this church, I can preach this with some confidence because I know you. It's why I'm apostolic to you today. I'm telling you. This is what you are. Enlarge the place of your tent, Isaiah 50. For stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your sick. It's time to move it out a little. Some of you got a bit crusty. Shake it off. Shake it off. You know, increase the decibels by a couple of degrees. No, no, I'm kidding. You don't have to. But I, I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't get crusty and old on us, it's the young people, Amen. they do it, yes, let's follow, let's lead, don't let anyone despise you, I, I used to gather, I, I, when I led a local church, which is now nearly 10 years ago, I handed off, I can't believe it, it's time flies when you're having fun, anyway, so, so I, I used to, we had lots of young people, but they used to be scattered around the audience, think, how many young people are in the room, and, and so I said, okay, look, let's send all the old people out after church. And I want to see who's here. Anybody under the age of 22 and over the age of 12, I want, I want to talk to you. Anyway, they're all gathered. So all come together here. And I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a thing in the front of the church. So I said, okay, guys, this is your church. Don't believe the lie of these old people. This, this, this is no, it's for, you are the future. No, 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 no. You're not the future of the church. You're the now of the church. I want you to prophesy. I want you to lead. I want you to take it on. 
Plant churches, grow. There are surely no better things you can give your life to than this. I'm not saying any of that to diminish anyone with your age or you're older. I'm saying in here beats the heart of a young person. Yeah. Come on. We're going to take on the world. Remember telling the story of Bill. I'm praying with Bill on his deathbed. I'm holding his hands. I know he's dying. I can see it. He's dying. And Bill took an apostolic trip with me into Europe, carrying some awful suitcases. Just couldn't, you know, old-fashioned. And I mean, they're old and they're in their 80s. And I'm thinking, Bill, get some new suitcases. Anyway, so, so I'm praying with Bill and I know he's dying. And his dying words to me are these. Peter, I'm coming on your next trip. And he goes to be with Jesus. I'm thinking, I want to be that guy. I want to be Bill. I'm coming. I'm coming on the next trip. God, expand our hearts, old and young. That's the kind of church that this is. We live passionate lives here in this church. We, we Romans 12, 11 says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. We're not, we're not weird, but, but we're not, we're not quiet. We're not hanging back. We can be passionate about Jesus Christ. Passionate about lifting our hands. I, I dare not lift my hands too far. You may see my stomach. It's not going to be a good thing. My wife says, don't lift them too high. It's dangerous. I, I get it, yeah. I mean, stuff happens when we get older. <laughs> don't lift them too high. <laughs> So, but man, I want to lift them. <laughs> Who cares? I want our passion, our desire for Jesus, our passion not to be diminished, not to go dim over time. That you worship Jesus, standing in church, lifting your hands. Maybe you've never clapped. It's time to clap. You know, I know you don't clap much. It's not to clap, then you clap. Start a new trend. Dance if you have to. Lift your hands. Don't lose your passion. You're a passionate community, passionate about Jesus, passionate about the cross. And the last thing I want to say is that we are generous people. We're a generous people. I, 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 every time I come, every time I hear the testimonies of this church, how you go, how you reach into the world, how you send people, how you do your stuff, I think, oh, this is a generous church. I commend you for your generosity. Don't give up though. Oh, the world's under a bit of pressure, Pete. You don't know. I do know. Don't give up. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Respond to Him. I, I, I know my wife doesn't like me saying this, but we sold our house when we moved 10 years ago. And, and we made a sum of money. I won't tell you what it is. But it wasn't a small sum of money. And the Lord told us to give the whole amount away. All of it. That meant we had no money left in the world other than what we were getting monthly. Nothing. We just bought a piece of land about six, seven months ago. We we're about to build. God gave us money to pay for the land. You say, well, that's an amazing miracle. And it was. And I have people dreaming about me in Holland who don't know me. 
dreaming that I'm buying a piece of land. And then the Lord tells him to, out in the dream, says, you've got to give him some money. I mean, seriously, when people are having dreams about giving you money, you just know the Lord's involved. But it doesn't start with dreams about money. It starts with generosity of heart. You're a generous people. Don't hold up. Don't think, oh, the times are difficult and challenging. We're going we're gonna to just shore up a little. You're not that kind of people. Because you've got stuff to do. You've got a world to reach. You've got places to go. You've got churches to plant. You've got gospel to be preached. And some of you are going to go with it. In fact, many of you are going to go. And it needs resources. It needs stuff. God has made you a generous people. Live generously. Hear the Holy Spirit. Live generously. Why would you want to store up barns for yourself here on earth? The scripture says, when we have such an incredible, such an incredible future, and I'm quoting it badly, but that's what we do. So let's be the people that we are. So Northlands. I fell from the Lord all the way down in the southern part of Africa, the Lord begins to speak to me and says, I'm taking the DNA of Northlands and I'm multiplying it out. Tell them, remind them of who they are. Apostolically, smile at me. Some of you think, oh gee, that was a bit tough. No, I, I didn't intend to be tough. I'm, I'm telling you who you are. I'm telling, I'm speaking prophetically to you. This is who you are as a community. This is how you hold the knife and the fork in this family. This is the taste that people have when they walk in through the doors. And it matters. It matters. Because God is multiplying you out into the world. Multiplying you out. Don't get on the wrong side of this. Don't put something into your heart and say, oh, well, yeah, you're in a great local church. If you're new here today, think, oh, this is my first Sunday. I've just come in. Jeez, who's this guy? <laughs> ah, I love Jesus passionately and people. And you do really well to connect into this local church and make it your home. We're not perfect, but we love Jesus. Amen. There's a way here a style, a heart for the Spirit of God to move. Let's take it airborne. Let's spread it that the name and the fame of Jesus Christ would be seen everywhere. It's coming closer, friends. You have an influence in many parts of the world that some of you only know about. It's coming closer. The influence of you is spreading out into the highways and byways and streets and neighborhoods. And a rumor of the work of the Spirit of God is going to start. Mm. This is exciting times. If you can, and if you're okay with it, would you mind standing up on your feet with me right now? I'm done preaching. Joshua stands in front of the people of God. And he's got this brave heart rallying call. You know, if you ever watched Braveheart, 
kind of this riding up and down thing going on. Choose today who you will serve. You know that story. It's kind of one of those moments. I'm in. I'm in. I'm not going to let myself get offended or hurt or messed up by things that I said or things I don't, oh, I don't like that song. Why do they keep playing that song? Don't make it your issue. Stop. It's small stuff. It doesn't matter. Get in and say, God, I'm part of this journey. Because this next season, this next year, God shifts something and moves you into brand new steps and ministries and opportunities and open for all of you. Oh, this is a key time in the Holy Spirit. So let's receive from the Lord. If you never lifted your hands, you can just kind of put them out a little bit in front of you. If you want to lift them a little higher, you can do that too. If you want to expose it all, go for it. Lord Jesus, hey, Oh, we love you. We're in awe of you. How great you are, how majesty, your majesty displayed for us. We want our lives to count. Young men and women in this room, I'm calling you by the Spirit of the Lord, church planters, leaders, ministry people. What do you wanna give your life to? Come on. Something glorious, worthy of your life. Yes, you can do business. Yes, you can do other stuff. But this, this DNA is worthy of your life. We lay it down, Jesus. We lay it down. We lay it down. We give ourselves again as Northlands Church. And we take this DNA that we carry in our hearts, the way we are, the way we are open to the Spirit, the way we live life out with you, we take it airborne into our mouths, into our hands. We stretch our hands out, touching people, ministering, life coming out of us because that's who we are. That's the kind of church we are. And when people walk in through these doors, I pray they encounter you because when they encounter you, they encounter the Spirit of God, Jesus alive in a human being. That's the message of this church. That's why God's got you on an apostolic journey, second to none. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we receive this now. Let go of some stuff in our hearts. Let go of some things. Maybe we used to do it differently. I let go of that. It doesn't matter. Now. I live in this house. Root me in, connect me in. Live for your kingdom, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.